I wonder people are in love with the. I wonder why people are in love with this little touchpad thing. It's giving. Okay, you know. I can see. I can see myself. Nah. Sorry. No. Couldn't be me. Never. Never. Never to convert to Team Apple. It's bad enough to have an iPhone. Got an iPhone, AirPods, iPad. Unpopular MacBook. opinion. <laughs> what do you say? How you say it before when we first talked? Hot take. <laughs> That's a hot take. Hot that's, take. That's a very unpopular opinion. Hot take. Y'all only like iPhone because of iMessage. Hot take. Absolutely. And not. FaceTime. And face. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were uvuing before FaceTime was a thing, and now everybody are spoiled by the Uvu's FaceTime. Interface is lame. Uvu was terrible. You know, and the camera quality. Even if you had a good quality phone, it was trash. So. On FaceTime, I can see people's pores. Shout out to all the girls that I used to uvu. Who took the time to uvu? You probably could see people's very. First of all, I don't know who uvu. I guess it was like when you didn't want to when you didn't want to pay for Skype. Was was it when you didn't want to pay? Was Skype did Skype cost? I think I feel like it used to at one point. Yeah, it's hard to know because COVID has transformed how accessible a lot of those things are. But yeah, I remember at one point. I remember Skype had like credits. Because I vividly remember the credits, but I don't remember how the credits worked. Like minutes almost? Yeah. But Uvu was, it was Uvu, Voxer, Kick. That was what I grew up on. Those are my three apps. And Skype? Technically. I use Skype primarily if I was going to do any video. Yeah? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I had a girlfriend I was Skyping. I think out of high school I was skyping a I was skyping a girl, but I was also uvuing. It was just like a. I feel like I was uvuing too, but I don't. It, it wasn't a very long period of time. Uvu was very short lived because it was trash. Yeah. And it always told people it it told you when people were online. I didn't like that. I, I don't like, like that. the don't let me know that I'm online. I don't care if I'm on the computer, especially because you'll be online and you see. That was that was not. That's that's one one reason one thing about uh, Apple that I don't love are red receipts. Really? Yeah. I'm for the red receipts. I Why? want you to know that I read your message and I didn't reply. Ouch. I like I respect it, and I'm sure I'm that person, but I'm also that person that doesn't get back to people within the same day often so i don't want people to take offense to the fact that i've read it but i'm not getting back to you immediately it has nothing to do with you it's a me thing well and that that's the weird thing like for me being coming from android people didn't know that i would read their messages not reply in that moment and then come back and reply to them and now people see it and they're like dang bro left me on red i said i used to always leave you on red you just know now yeah you, yeah you just you just know I'm like you thought you thought i was just like not reading my message i'm like no i'll read it but if you need a more, I'd like respectfully, I'm like, I'm not going to give you like a weak answer. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to get back to you. And, and like when I sit down at my desk and now people are seeing the red, like, dang. It hurts to be left on red. That's the other <laughs> side of it. Even though I be leaving people on red, I also hate to be left on red. So let me so, ask you. Do you double text? What do you mean? What's like, that do mean? you like if someone, if you message somebody and they either didn't read it or they read it. Are you a double text or are you like, I'm leaving it where it's at? It depends on what it's about. Sometimes I'll come back with a little exclamation reaction to my message. <laughs> Let me just remind you. Or a question mark if it's a question. Yeah. yeah I'm still wondering. <laughs> still trying to get some confirmation. <laughs> mm-hmm. still, still waiting. Um, 
but yeah, I will circle back. And I appreciate people who circle back to me because sometimes I need that. Like a lot of times I think I've responded, but it's just a mental response. It's not like actual text response. I, I'm going to be real. You? I'm a type of person. I'm going to keep messaging you until I realize like, hold on, I'm talking to a wall at this point. Well, that's why I feel like it's good most of the time. Like if it's wanted contact, but you know. Well, I'm not saying like I'm not saying like I got an argument with somebody and like, oh, you're not finna reply to me. Right, right. I'm talking about like you know like you message somebody, like, hey, bro, how you been? And they don't text you back. And then I text them like maybe like a couple days later. You good, bro? I ain't heard from you in a minute. Oh. Mm. Or like, and then it's like even then like, oh, and then they'll get back to you like a couple days later. I'm like, hey, that's what's up. That's me. I, I don't normally. Sometimes I'll circle back depending on. But usually, I'll, like, if I send that text, it's because I'm thinking of the person. I'm already crappy with, with messaging. So, like, this is my best at this time. Yeah. But I'm working on it. I am working to improve it because it's not like. I don't. I would say that it's not the healthiest communication practice. You know? Especially when it comes to relationships you really care about or even professional relationships. Yeah, it's kind of come back to bite me in those spaces. I also think well, professional relationships for sure, because I've definitely been in a situation where it's like, well, not truly professional, but I've been in situations where you kind of like were haphazard with the relationship, and then you see them again, and they kind of still have strong feelings about something that was light to you, and like, I said, I didn't even know you felt that. I didn't even know you felt that deeply about it. Honestly, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was that big of a problem. <clears throat> yeah, I, my fault. I, I, I didn't know we had different different views on the relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, one day we'll get better at communication. <laughs> but guys, welcome to the Special Friends Podcast. I'm your boy Woozy, and this Professor B is okay. Professor B, and we're here for another episode. We got new chairs. Yeah, got new chairs. We got a coffee table. Yeah, new angle. She has water. I got a rose gold laptop. We're not getting paid. <laughs> I just want y'all but to know. We're moving up. Yeah. 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 yeah, we're moving up. We're not. I just want y'all to know. Don't, don't think the check is coming in yet. Yeah. But we're good. Yeah, but we good. <laughs> we got what we need. Um, I do want to say appreciate you guys as always for running up the episodes. I had a good time with Ashley last week. And can you guys do me a favor? If you enjoyed them, subscribe, like the video, leave a comment. Leave us some questions. We want questions. Do you want questions? We want questions. We're dealing with a question today. We have a question. From a viewer. Or, from a viewer. Um, yeah, but we want, yeah, we want to be able to, like, address a question every now and then. Yeah, we want to listen to questions. Us, yeah, give us questions. Yeah, like, we want to know, because we're talking to the ether. It would be nice to know that you guys also have some questions. So, I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, don't be nervous about the questions. Give us a question. Um, is there anything before we get into that, like, anything like how's the week? How has your week been? What it's pretty been good. To? Pretty good week. It's finals week. Um, so we're wrapping up. I had some great final classes with my students. They um finished really strong in terms of like their delivery and performance mm-hmm. and you know, I'm also excited to finish grading so I can ease into the summer break. Um I am teaching some summer classes, but um I got some gifts. You got gifts? Yeah. Okay. I got like I got a few Starbucks gift cards. Okay. Nice. So grateful because I definitely developed a much uh, more 
codependent relationship with Starbucks this semester. <laughs> um, so I was grateful for that. And I got some really nice cards. I ran into a lot of students also that I had way back that are either in their senior year and about to graduate. And, you know, they've given me some feedback on, you know, how they remember my class and now they're moving on. And I don't know, it's just been a really rewarding week to come, you know, to bring the semester to a close for me personally. But yeah, what about you? What's a, wait, before that, what's a good gift to get a teacher at the end of the year? Oh, like, I mean, obviously Starbucks cards for you, but like, what's a, I think if you're like paying attention to your professor, like something unique to their personality, like one of my students also works at a market, shout out to Chloe. Um, she gave me a gift card to get a full pie. First of all, pie is my favorite dessert okay. of all time. More than cookies, more than cakes, more than ice cream. I love pie. So she got me a gift card for a free full pie. And pies are expensive. They're like $50 a lot of the time for a full one. Pies aren't cheap. A good quality one. Yeah. But also it's it's like eligible for fruit pies, cream pies, like whatever pie I want that they, I can get. Okay. So, but also in the past I've gotten things like... Um, I have like a tarot journal. Some one of my uh, a class gifted me. They gave me this. Oh, not this cup, but it looks like this cup. And there's an apple on it that says number one teacher. Oh wow! Uh, I have an actual teacher. Not I have an actual apple figurine mm-hmm. that says my name on it and the name of the class that I taught in the semester. So I'd say anything that's like, you know, honoring the quality of the instructor like number one teacher it always feels good yeah. to know that one one student feels that way about you or buys you something to remind yourself that you should feel that way about you it's like oh dope you know or else again something personal like freaking i get a whole pie when at some at some point this year probably for my birthday well i i'm so like you saying that it really takes me back to remember my mom used to make me buy gifts for my teacher and i never in my head i'm like I don't like that teacher. I mean, well, that's not true. Only if you really vibe. I used to love my teachers, but I'm like, I don't like them enough to get them a gift. Like, I don't really, I want the money. I don't want to spend no money on them. Yeah, yeah. And like, I think back on it now, like, shout out to my mom for being so like, such a dope person because I'm pretty sure them, them teachers really appreciated them gifts. We do. Like, I is, is my voice picking up, by the way? Yeah, when we turned up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because, um, yeah, there we go. I I really like gifts, yeah. but I don't ever expect them. This was actually, this was one of the only other years I, I got gifts, and it was very surprising. I don't, I don't really ever expect them for that very reason. Like, I think my students should be spending their money on them. And for a long time, it was actually very difficult to, ex- to receive them. I would be like, oh, no, no, it's okay. Please. Please take back this ease candy. I can't take that. But now I'm like, thank you for being appreciative because I appreciate you too. Yeah. And it can feel like a very thankless job. Mm-hmm. So when there are students who really appreciate you and they go out of their way to express that, it it does go a long way in keeping your instructors and educators motivated, in my opinion. Just like students need a grade, mm-hmm. I think teachers need a thank you. That makes sense. You know, it doesn't have to be, a, it doesn't even have to be a gift. Like one of my students just, she only gave me a card and that was enough of a gift. Yeah. You know, of how much she enjoyed the class, what she enjoyed. So anyway, not to ramble there, but. That's not ramble. I mean, that, 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 that's pretty insightful. You know, I don't know. I don't, I know only one teacher. Shout out to Tay. One of my favorite teachers. Sorry. It's biased. Okay. But yeah, shout out to Tay. Well, I wasn't your teacher, so that's okay. Yeah, he, yeah, he wasn't my teacher, but he was a, he just. He became a teacher and I think he's a dope he's a dope dude. 
Shout out to Tay again. Shout out to Tay. <laughs> it's okay. But um, yeah, this thing is pretty cool. Like I was never, I took that for granted as a kid. Like I'm not buying my teacher. Not well, we did. But I'm like, I don't want to buy my teacher. I, I want to low key get something for five dollars and give me the rest of the fifteen. Yeah, I, I actually never got my teacher's gifts either. Really? Yeah, except for when I graduated grad school. I I want to say sense. I, I want to say I got my my advisor's gifts, but I might not have actually. It's overdue. <laughs> now that I'm grown up, maybe I'll circle back. back. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me uh, go ahead and... Uh... Thanks for being my mentor for the past <laughs> over 10 years. Yeah. That's okay. No. I still get gifts and gifts. Well, as long as it's thoughtful. Kind of. I mean, um, as long as it's intentional, right? Yeah. Whether it's 10 years or immediately, 10 yeah. years later or immediately. But yeah, I had a I had a decent week. What, what did I do this week? I don't even know what this week looks like. I, feel, I just feel like I'm... Since the last time we talked, I feel like I've been working and running. Like I'm... I'm going out of town today. I'm going to L.A. Shout out to Charles for his graduation. So I'm going to L.A. for that. Congratulations, going, Charles. Yeah. Be going down there, doing another interview for the Creative Balance Show. And just really staying busy, honestly. Like, kind of, like, getting nervous. I'm, like, like looking at my to-do list. I'm, like, it's looking like a healthy to-do list now. So it's, like, <laughs> trying to, like, gauge. Like, like, last week I had an interview we, we kind of we didn't really like schedule a set time so i kind of just took that moment and was like you know what i'm gonna stay home um so last weekend i did absolutely nothing i just lounged around walked just you know you just do dumb stuff going outside just to just to go outside so yeah the last couple of weeks has been it's been dope you know after that weekend i came back like yeah let's get to it so yeah yeah it's been the week has been going you know i don't know how to explain it i've never been a good at House we talked about before. Like I'm not really like good at like how the week went. Like the week just you know it was a good week. Yeah, yeah I remember you saying you don't like that question. What was that? The work. Or how how was work? How, yeah, <laughs> how's work is crazy. But like the week, you know, I had a, I would say I had a good week. I'll say it like that. Yeah. On a scale from one, oopsie. On a scale from one to ten, I give it about a I give it about seven. Okay. I think it was no. We, should, we shouldn't use seven. Six or eight. What's wrong I, with seven? Seven is a cop out. Okay. Shout out to KS. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. say I'll, I'll say last week is a six. Okay. I say last week is a six, which is not bad. It's just a little bit better than than neutral. Okay. Well, yeah. Last week I got a lot of feedback, but honestly, I I I, I would give it a saw a strong eight. Yeah. Yeah. For me, last week and this week is an eleven. Nice. That's what's up. But so, it's cool. Do you think yours is okay? Sorry. Let's, do you think I would? Well, I was gonna say if if it's out of six, you think you're. You need a rest day to kind of like bring it up to an eight. Well, no, I, I, that's because like I had the rest day. Because like before the rest day was crazy. I ain't gonna lie. Before what the was rest it day, before the rest day, before the rest day, I was probably sitting there like like a four for sure. Okay, so this is an improvement. Oh yeah, like like before the rest day, I was just like like you know you're sitting there dreading it. I was just sitting there like literally just like laying like this. Like I really don't want to get on the freeway. Cause I like literally it'll be a, it was a Friday I'm like I have to drive to Fresno I'm like I really don't want to I really don't want to, and I didn't I was like I'm not I'm not going to I choose not to, and I'm so glad I did because that whole weekend I was just like I said I was just like a little kid I'm like you know like you ever been like a little kid, and it's summer vacation, and there's nothing planned and you're just kind of like, hmm you just walk around and like, now you have a car so I'm like an adult kid just like let me just drive to this place mm-hmm. I don't know what I did last week I just drove places and. Just sat around, did stuff, cleaned up. I love cleaning up. Oh, me too. Just enjoyed having time. You yeah, like vacuuming? 
Oh, I went and got these chairs. That's right. I went and talked to, shout out to Amy and Roger. That's where I bought the chairs from. Thank you, Amy and Roger. We love them. Yeah, I've, they were selling them. I sat there and talked to them. They gave me a lot of food recommendations. If you need food recommendations, I got some. Carmelitas. Okay. Up here? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I saw. I looked at Yelp. I was trying to come up here to a coffee shop, but I, I couldn't find one in particular to like settle into. Yeah. But Fast Cat is black on. That actually came up number one on, on Yelp. And they have a is grilled it? cheese bar. Yeah, I might wait. I might wait. Well, anyway, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, we got some topics today. Wanted to talk about. I want to ask you. What do you I don't know where do you want to start on this list. Number. Well, let's start at the top. Start at the top. You yeah. want to talk about Fat so, Nasty Podcast? Big big shout out to the Fat Nasty Podcast. I just recently found them, um, and I'm kind of addicted. I really like. I really like the vibe. I don't know how long they've been doing it, but I'm definitely a fan and. Definitely have made them one of my one of our mentors, like kind of like the way that they go about things. So, um, yeah, I, I was watching one of their podcasts. They had um, some guests on there, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Two Weeks Out. And they had some they had they were I guess they're uh, not a guest. They're like a 40 year old couple. I think he's 41 and she's 40, going to be 41. And they've been together since they were like 17. So there was some relationship questions in there, some business questions in there. It was like, it was really insightful conversation. Um, I don't know if, did you get to watch it? I did get to watch it. I watched most of the episode and the viral video. Yeah. From Twitter. Mm-hmm. But the viral video from Twitter had me weak, but <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get there, but yeah. I do want to give a big shout out to to the Fat Nasty Podcast. If you guys do me a, do us a favor, just check it out. At least check out that episode, because the episode was really good. Mm-hmm. And give I, some good context to this part of our episode yeah exactly but like i said they talked about relationships and i want to talk about the major one that they talked about because they talked about how they don't believe relationships are 50 50 and i like i like this conversation and i kind of you know i wanted to explore it with, with, with you guys so ali like how do you feel about how did you feel about what they were saying about about 50 50 relationships um i agree i think kind of the point that they were making it is um that ratio should be negotiable throughout the relationship sometimes you're going to be able to give 70 and the other person can only give 30 and obviously this is not in terms of like effort putting into the relationship we're talking about um providing and supporting correct me if i'm wrong but providing and supporting on a financial level yeah right primarily supporting the household yeah so yeah i think that sometimes it's gonna vary especially because there are times in life where like you have to choose uh passion over money and when you have a partner that supports you sometimes like these two you know that's gonna mean at first i have to take a significant pay cut in order to get that gain and he took a fat pay cut he Mm -hmm. said he went from making what two thousand a month I mean, two thousand um, a week to two thousand a month. Yeah, exactly. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's like I said, that's not like the most wild because it's only you know that's like some people live on that for that's real. For six real. grand less. Yeah. An, well, an income. Yeah, but I'm saying like some people live on that, so I'm not trying to be like, oh, it's not possible. But no, but going from a certain lifestyle yeah. to that. Yeah, going from eight grand to two grand a month 
from your partner's income that's a significant Oof. shift yeah that's a that's a big shift but he he chose passion he's a um mm-hmm. they own a gym in atlanta and he does um workout fitness training yeah he's a he's a trainer for fitness and he said he really loved it you know he had he had to do it but i kind of want to really talk on the 50 50 part because i 100 percent agree and I've, I've never agreed with the 50 50 i've never agreed with the she got to come with something like, like you said, it just depends where you guys are in life. You know, like I'm not saying go get a bum, whether you're a yeah. girl or a boy, but you know, be cognizant that if you make significantly more, like that doesn't mean that person is less than, you know, if, cause they could be, like I said, they could be, God knows what they could be, you know, they like to work with, um, in a coalescent home. So they might not make the most money, but, if that's what they love to do, they they like working with elderly folks and stuff like that. Like, does that does that make them less of a person? You know? So, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I really liked how he talked about that because he really talked about how they held it down, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week about like how long are you willing to hold it down for, and like that was to me was cool like to go from that conversation to didn't see that. And see, like, a real-world example, like, obviously it wasn't 10 years. But yeah. to see a real-world example of, like, her being at the top of her her top of her career and him being like, yeah, I'm going to take this, you know, take this lesser thing because I really love to do it. And I think I wanted to talk, I wanted to talk about, too, something she said, because she was talking about even in that moment where he made that decision and the money wasn't coming in, she had to, like, check herself and, like, kind of, like, not put that pressure on him. And I wanted to like get your thoughts on that. Like, do you think, like, what do you think about that? About her saying something like that? Um, I think that was great self reflection on her on her part because you know when it comes, there's a difference between providing like financially and there and providing support in a relationship. You know, and I think. She did a great job of setting the example of what it looks like to provide support, true support. I think in um, the movie we were... Uh, Acrimony. Acrimony. I feel like she was providing financially. I don't feel like she was providing support. Yeah. And support is emotional. Support is encouragement. It's not being negative or degrading or um, discouraging. I don't know if I said that already, but it's being empowering to your partner and if that means okay I'm going to support you and you can have boundaries I mean I don't I'm personally not the type to put a timeline on success because it's God's timeline not mine and not my person's Mm -hmm. so I believe in divine timing and not pushing not rush try really not rushing that um but at the same time I would say I don't want to be in a relationship where I've been providing so much support that now when I need it, you can't give it to me. Yeah. You know, then that's a problem. And that's the biggest thing. Like, I think, and I'm, I can only only assume, because I don't know what goes to inner work in a relationship, but I imagine there was support, like at least that type of support on both sides. Because obviously, you know, he understands, like we talked about before, you would understand if you see your wife under duress, even if she doesn't speak it. Um, mm-hmm. And that will do something to you where it's like, okay, I got to, you know, relieve her in some way with like you said and that we talked about that last week too it doesn't always look like financially it could be like okay i'm gonna you know i'm gonna watch the kids for her 
or I'm going to make sure when she gets home that dinner's taken ready care of. Yeah. Like stuff like that is yeah. ready to help relieve that already. Like, Oh, what are we going to do? You know, like, um, situation. So I thought that was a really dope conversation. Obviously talking about Michelle Obama and the, they had to bring her up, you know, cause the whole, where she said the 10 years, the 30 year marriage, 10 years of it was bad and whatnot. And everybody's bringing up that phrase lately. Uh, I didn't catch that part of the podcast. Okay. Yeah. She was they They were just basically talking about like, you saw the, did you see that there was a separate podcast where I think we talked about it too. The Michelle Obama and, um, she was on a podcast and she was saying of her 30 year marriage with Barack Obama, 10 years of it was like garbage. We did talk about it. Yeah. And she had to go, she had to go through that. Yeah. And they, they I, I, if I remember, cause I feel like they touched on it. Basically saying like they're like the modern day version of like y'all said it was rough times, but here y'all are, and they were shining example. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it changes over time. You know exactly. But one thing about that, I don't. I don't know if you were planning to move on to the next question, but I did want to talk a little bit more about what she said. What um, Mrs. Two Weeks Out was was referencing in terms of like kind of responding to how he works with other women that he's training Mm -hmm. go ahead explain what what the situation was so she talks about how you know if he if other women that are working with him come in if they don't speak to her she takes offense to it and essentially will tell him he can't work with her because she takes she finds it disrespectful and they, they have a gym together they have a gym together yeah 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 um but i think that it's I understand her approach, so I'm not saying it's wrong. I think it's an, it's if it works for them, it works for them. But for me, um, if he if she's his client, there's just like a couple things for me there. It's like one, in terms of our relationship, if my if the problem is how you're recording clients and as yeah, they're working out, that, yeah. Like you should know what's a pro- the appropriate way to record your clients. Yeah, that would make me feel comfortable and still highlight them for mm-hmm. one. Two, like I personally wouldn't want to be micromanaging my man's like interactions like that. If anything, I would want him to be checking that kind of stuff. So I, I thought that was an interesting perspective on her end is like when you come in you speak to me and if not then you're not really going to be able to work with my husband I feel like if you're having a gym where you co-own it then it's important for both of you to create the environment where everyone's aware of that and respectful of that but I guess she I don't know maybe she was saying that they do do that you know she's all over his Instagram but I'm not on Instagram so Mm -hmm. if I'm just coming into this gym based off of referral I don't know that yeah you know, and I think it would kind of be more if you're the business owner, kind of more on you to set that tone and maybe have a more mature conversation with clients as opposed to just like kicking them out. But well, I, will I don't say, know. I will say this because in the podcast, she talked about it and she gave more contact. She said she mm-hmm. never had to do it except for one person. OK. Who one person was just blatantly like ignoring her. Except for the take it down posts, which <sighs> she says she does. The Oh, yeah. I mean, but that yeah, I mean, but that makes sense. Like you said, I, I can see that, you know, if I'm if I'm posting yeah, on my yeah. story. Yeah, a girl with you know what the what the the leggings that people have now, you know, dropping a squat on my personal story. I if my, guess if my wife was like, "All right, now, you didn't have your fun. Take it down." 
I'm taking it down. Just post me too. <laughs> post me too. Post me doing the squats. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a competition to me. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're his clients. They're not. If you're really secure in your relationship, you're secure in yourself. To me, I feel like that sort of micromanaging adds a lot more work than you should have to do. Yeah. But that's for me. Again, it's working for them, so I, it's not a critique on her. But and I, I will say too that I think um, different generation. They're, True. Like said, they're, she's, they're like ten years older than us. Yeah. So that that's a that is a respectful thing because you know that's not if they weren't you know they're not raised in in where that's normal. Yeah. So like for you to post on your stories like. And all, well, you know, that's true, because actually, even myself, like I would say the norms of like how to navigate, you know, friends who are married, that the norms about that are not explicitly discussed mm-hmm. in our generation. Whereas I feel like before, if they weren't discussed, they were better known because yeah. of their parents generation. So mm-hmm. like and I could be wrong. I'd be curious if people that are in other generations, older generations watch us if they have thoughts on that. But um and that's what I, mm. I feel like yeah, I feel like she was justified when she was saying. I think, especially like when you think of like their how they're branded, Mister and Mrs. Two Weeks Out. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, she context again. She wasn't working in the gym full time, and now she f- officially retired and is working in the gym full time. Has a clothing brand attached to it, like all these different things. She has her own workout plan there. Um. I'm not going to say the first time if she I mean, obviously, if she came out the first time, it's kind of wild. But I can see the thing where it's like if you come in and you know you're going to come work out with my husband and then you're like not going to say hi to me. Yeah. It's kind of like walking to someone's house and not saying hi, even if you're coming in for your auntie and it's your, you know, she married your uncle, married, married. You know, you got a married uncle. You're like, I don't really talk to Leroy like that. Like, I don't got to say hi to him. Like, respectfully, you should say hi to him because it's equally his house like it is her house if they if they're married together. So that's the way I saw. Like, if you're coming into their house, how are you gonna say hi to him and not say hi to her? Yeah. Even if you're coming for him. I, I yeah. I don't know. I I'm not there yet in any relationship, so I'm having a hard time really. Well, you ever never, remember as a kid? You never. You never. Did you ever have that household as a kid where you're going to someone's house and before, even if you're going there to see your friend, well, yeah. you, know, you gotta say hi to the mom and dad. It, and, it's not so much that for me. Like, I'm just thinking of this from a business perspective like Mm -hmm. I think it's I know they're branded together but I think of even just like our podcast we both bring in different people to watch what we're talking about Mm -hmm. some people know me way better than they know you some people are just now meeting you and I think of their business like that some people are going to come in and not who she not know who she is just because you're branded together I think it's like yeah that's kind of that's fair. Unfair to assume that people should know who you are as it relates to the other owner of the business. And that was mostly the arguments I heard was like, you know, it was like who is like it's kind of like an entitlement thing. Like, how do you how do we know that was that you know that's your your husband? That, yeah. That, and then she also says she has rest in you know B word face. Yeah, I'm not so, gonna go approach you if you have RBF. I'm sorry, that's a you problem. Yeah, exactly. Look, like work on being more friendly, and if you know you have RBF, to me, I'm like then come say hello, and and create that kind of more like um, comfortable space. Yeah. Right, because I've also been in in spaces where like. I haven't been introduced to a to a friend or acquaintances person, but they're in the space and I don't know how to navigate because they haven't inter- they haven't never had a conversation. They haven't introduced me. So I'm like, 
you know are they not important how do i not even are they not important but yeah in terms of like my my experiencing this environment <laughs> in space right now how are they relating to my experience and if she's not pouring into to me working out, if she's not helping me learn how to use these machines, I'm sorry, I might see you just as another person working out here. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so I, I mean, no disrespect to Mrs. Two Weeks at, at all, because I respect where she's coming from 100 percent. I would want to be respected, too. But yeah, I think that there's a little bit of a generational difference in terms of like what she expects people or particularly women, how she expects women to treat her in her gym. It's just women are probably going for her hot husband just be real and own that shit own the shit own the f- own and, that ish and i will i will say that too like i i think she knows that but i think it's just like you know there's still like not I, I think that generation is better at it at that than we are where it's like i know they came for you but at least respect me mm. like i know you i know you're not gonna really do nothing with him yeah, but, but like, respect it, yeah, me. Yeah, respect me. Not that's how I that's how I see it. it was like I see if you that. come in here, especially if I'm thinking about like a gym where it's like no one goes to the same one gym, the gym one time. Like that, that the first time I'm pretty sure it's rare. But if you come in consistently, and you've never said hi to her. Yeah, that is a problem. Then. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Especially if you're like you know he's he's a good looking dude. He's buff, you know. Especially for his age, I'm like so. She's like, I know you're coming in here for him. You want to work out with him? He's the hottest trainer in Atlanta right now. Yeah, but at least say hi to me. You know, can I get a high? Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. I think that's a fair thing, fair request to yeah. ask. I, but they should just put a rules up. When you <laughs> say come hi in, to my wife. say this hello. Like. Yeah, no, say hello to Mister and Mrs. Yeah, two weeks out. I just feel like just put it out there so everyone knows, and we'll little smiley face on it. <laughs> smiley face on it, make it make it light. Yeah, she doesn't have to do the RBF face work. It's on the signs and the rules. <laughs> the friendliness is there. But I will say this. I feel like people, not always, but I feel like a lot of people who have RBF are some of the nicest people I've ever met. Hmm. I know a lot of people who have that face are like, oh, they look mean. I'll talk to them. Like, I'm like, oh, they're actually kind of cool. Really? I'm like, yeah, they're kind of lit. But I'm, I've also never been. My, my aunt has that face. I have family members of that face. So for me, that face don't really phase me like, like it, it does some people. I'm like, what you over thinking about? <laughs> I I feel like RBF is not like a result of just like a natural face. I feel like it truly is like somebody's inner dissatisfaction with life just showing up on their face permanently. Mm. And so I personally, I don't know, there are a handful of people who I think can be nice and perhaps even kind, even with RBF, but... What? Off top, if your face looks like I don't want to talk to anybody, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, I guess I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Well, I'm not saying I'm saying like because like example, like if I think about my own face, and this is like getting like getting into it because I I kind of was learning about this a little bit, like you know, like I have my I have you see my forehead have forehead wrinkles. Me it's too. only because I have lower eyes, like because like for me to open my eyes, I have to raise my my eyebrows, and like this is. Obviously, your eyebrows are raised. It's more like an opening face. Like, oh, I will talk to him. Like, and people always do it to me. Like, I'm sitting there, like, can I ask you a question? Can you help me get this off the top shelf, please? But if I'm just like, you know, if you have more downward features, mm. some people have like that slant. They look more downward with their brows. Yeah, they. Yeah. That, it gives that appearance of like, yeah, I don't want to talk to them. They look like they're an evil villain. Yeah, that's true. I could see that. And I'm like, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that's the case for all people. Because there's some people who's like. 
mugging. Like you see people like, hey, what's wrong with him? Who, yeah, yeah. Who pissed in his Cheerios? Like I don't know what's going on. But I will say a lot of times people that I've seen with RBF. Yeah, RBF. I'll make sure I rather put, 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 the, yeah. put them in the right order. I don't know. They're, they're the nicest people. Like my aunt, yeah. she has that face, but she'll buy you a meal. You know, okay. you saw her like, and it, we've had it all the time. Like we'll we'll go to a restaurant, and people will see us, and they be like, we don't want them. And then the the, the people will come, and they're like, they're actually kind of dope. And they gave us a big tip, like oh y'all was tripping, but. You know, it's hard. To, it's hard to tell somebody like look past that face because there is a lot of people with that face and they don't really want to talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, and there are a lot of people in this world that don't want to be bothered, so they give RBF on purpose. Yeah. So I, don't, I feel like I don't. I don't know if you really were a people person, you'll smile more. You'll yeah. find a way to look more approachable to people or invite people to come talk to you if it's not something you can fix aesthetically. But, mm-hmm. um. I teach my students about RBF a lot because sometimes they'll have that while they're speaking and like, it's not effective. <laughs> no, You're turning not. off the entire audience just by looking bored and disinterested in the, in your very own speech. Yeah. In your very own talking That's in so your funny. interaction with this audience, who's taking their own time to listen to you. Exactly. So uh, I don't think it's asking too much for people who know they have to RBF smile. to smile a little more. Yeah, exactly. Just, you work on your approachability if you, you want to have, your eyes, bro. you know, if you want people to say hello, like this is two weeks out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, respectfully. But, but I want to say too, like, cause to her situation, we kind of talked about this before the podcast too, about like having a stand, like at what point, like having this feeling about something, where's the line in like respecting that feeling? And then where's the line in like appeasing that? Like where, like, how do you, how do you navigate that? I know it's a tough it's a tough question to, to ask, but I'm like, it's something I was thinking about like in that situation. What do you think? I think it, I think I think it just comes from how I get where the where it's coming from the place is coming from is how I see it. Like, if the place is coming if it's coming from a genuine place, you know, like it's hard not to appease it, especially you know if it's like some light. But then I can also see the other side where it's like. Or I mean, not appease it, respect it. Like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna respect how you feel and this and that, whatever. And then it's like, there's also a line where it's like, how do I know this is not, like, how do I know this is not going to be like a problem? Uh, yeah, a problem. Well, you know, I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, you know, it is important to protect your relationship and your marriage. You gotta do your thing. You gotta do what you can to protect it and make sure people understand the boundaries. Yeah. You know, and obviously it's on her husband, but I I can respect the fact that she's also making clear what their boundaries of their marriage are, making clear I'm here, yeah, yeah, not you. Well, he also you mentioned know? too, like, which is adds to he's like I always make sure to make sure to he said she said that something that she always appreciated about him is that he always like has a space for her in everything he's doing. You know, like there's some mm-hmm. way that she can help somewhere that she's always like he's always even if she don't take the the take it. There's always like an idea like how can I incorporate her in this, and I'm pretty sure that helps out. Yeah, a whole lot. Yeah, but I was just I don't know I was just yeah. thinking about that because, you know, even something like you know, interpersonal relationships like regular schmegular regular relationships with like friends and stuff like that. Like like we talked about before about you know, texting 
You know, mm. like how many times can someone say no before it's like you take it personal and stuff like that? Like, I always think about that. Like, at what point? Like, is it? I mean, obviously, it's it's always based on the person. But it's like, at what point do it's like, all right, like that's just how they are, mm. or like, nah, you need to. We you need, need to, to. You need to. You need to do some internal reflection and some growth. Yeah, I think in, in this case, like I said, but at the start, like it's working for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a communication that works for him. It's a communication style that works for her. And it doesn't make her, it doesn't require her to make herself smaller or like change her energy or attitude when she's at work or in that space. Because it is her space. Exactly. And she does deserve to be empowered fully in that space. So I think they're going about it the right way. And I think you're right. It's all about the intention. Mm-hmm. That's that's really the root, the root of it all. So... No, shout out to them for giving us so much to reflect on and think about. Yeah, I mean, 17, been together for 17 years. I think that's really, really dope. Like, Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like impressive. Admirable. My grandparents are celebrating their like 60 year anniversary this summer. Oh, wow. That's so, so dope. Renewing vows or what? I don't think so. Have they ever renewed vows? I don't think so. Oh, interesting. I should ask about that. Yeah, I've always, I always, the, 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 I, I like the idea of renewing vows. It's like, you know, re. Like reasserting, like reasserting that love is kind of dope. Yeah, it's sweet. Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious. I have to ask them if they've ever done that now. But I, don't, at least in my time of living, I don't think so. Okay. So I do. You know, while we're here, I do want to kind of talk about. I guess, like I said, we had a special friends question. Oh yes. We had someone ask us to answer a question. Mm-hmm. And like you said, if you're watching this and you're in the comments, just. Let us know a question. Like we're take, we'll. I'm always in the comments. I'm not gonna lie. If we're on comments on either on YouTube or if you got us on Instagram, leave us a comment. Send us a message of a question you want us to to answer. And you know, if it's something that we, we feel like we can answer, I, I think it would be pretty dope. Mm-hmm. But we had someone specifically, my sister, reach out and she wanted to um, she wanted us to answer the question: What makes someone a healed person? Mm-hmm. Um. So I kind of want you to go first. Yeah. Or do you want me to go first? It's I feel like you. you should go first. It's your sister. Shout out to my sister. Shout out to your sister. But you said something before we started that was really dope. Like there's a difference between being like a healed person and like a healing person. And I feel like there's no like, I feel like, like you said, both are good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like what makes someone a person who's healed or healing is like basically like the overcoming overcoming of the issue you know because we don't want to mix or conflate being aware with being healed like some people are aware of their problems and they like double down yeah or they're aware of their problems and just feel like there's nothing they can do about it um and i feel like a healed person is like aware but it's also like you know there's like a act there's like an action behind that like even if it's not today like they're working towards overcoming whatever circumstances they're in mm-hmm. and that's how i designate if someone's a healed person like or is healing because it's like are you over are they in the process of overcoming this issue mm-hmm. or are they just like not as i am because mm-hmm. i've met both people and i've been both people yeah that is exactly that's exactly the point i was i was trying to make i think it's like well where you have to consider like what is it that you're healing and for all of us we're healing some form of pain You know, so being aware of the fact that you're in pain and wanting to do something about said pain, because a lot of people are comfortable in it, too, you know, because it's normal to them. It's you got to think about like. 
when all you've known is your trauma and how you respond to it, changing up your whole approach to life and letting go of the narrative that you're in pain can be a lot harder than living out not being in pain. Yeah. You, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm with you. I think that there's an, it's important to be like either there's there, there are a lot of lost souls, unhealed souls, hurting souls in the world that are in pain, whether they know it or not, and doing nothing about it. There is a good percentage of people also that are out there addressing the pain or identifying the pain points. And that would be the healing people, people who are in healing. But then you also have people who have healed a lot of the traumas. And for me, the way that I differentiate that is, you know, when you're healed, okay, when you're, one second. Go ahead, do your thing. Let me get, let me just, here we go, okay. So I wrote like there are varying degrees to healing and a healing person basically can acknowledge that they're hurt and they can acknowledge how their hurt impacts other individuals, right? Or how, how their pain affects how they show up in their relationships or really any given environment. But a healed person, they can remember the pain of a trauma and appreciate it as a loving life lesson. You get what I mean? Like yeah. you can take that pain, you can remember it, but you can also appreciate basically the scar that exists now. It's not an open wound or a, a kind of like scabbed wound. It is scarred, but you look at it like, you know, battle wounds. Yeah. The wisdom I got is was worth it, even though it was a lot of pain. And in having that appreciation for the life lesson, a healed person can take it a step further and apply that wisdom so that they can show up better for themselves or in the relationships that are important to them. Yeah. You know, it's accountability. So, but I, I think that there are a lot of people that are between that space of they're either healing and identifying their pain points or they've taken the wisdom and they're starting to apply it in their life and helping others. Well, I, feel like, I feel like people even shift back and forth Yes. I feel like some people can be healed, but you might be faced with a situation that takes you back. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, Triggered. I thought I was fully healed. And I'm like, yeah, nah, this really, this really took me there. And I mean, we, I mean, I'm pretty sure we've all been there where it's like, yeah, I'm good. Like I've been through that. I'm done. And then like somebody says, I'm like, what'd you just say to me? I guess I'm still healing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like mm, I guess I'm still healing that. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I also think that like there's. When I say like a healed person, I also mean that in terms of different traumas. I don't mean mm -hmm. that as a, as a whole person. I think yeah. you can heal different traumas and move on with your life happily and restored. Yeah. But sometimes it's, it's harder to do depending on the depth of it and where that pain is located. Sometimes that pain is very complex and it's not very easy to remove. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I think that's kind of my answer to what makes a, someone healed. It's like their awareness of the pain and then what they do with that awareness of the pain. Well, I was going to say too, like what are some characteristics of a healed person? Like, like, cause like the first one that came to mind was like empathy. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people who are healed, who have went, went through some hardships and like overcame them and like are happy with life on the other side of that, mm -hmm. you know, got, I'm not saying like that, that every healed person is happy with life on the other side, but like some people who are, who have overcome and not like let that, uh, disable them in life 
I feel like they have a lot of empathy. I feel like they're very, very empathetic. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that's one of the characteristics. And I was just trying, like, that's why I asked the question, like, what are some characteristics of a healed person? Because I feel like there's a, you know, depending on the type of person, there is different ones, you know? like. Mm-hmm. I think empathy and then a sense of security. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, well, a healed person, it's not like your sense of personal peace or I guess you could say confidence is, um, it's not easily broken. You know what I mean? It's like, for, okay, I, I'll use this example. I personally have experienced quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Let me keep that open. You're good. I personally experienced a lot, and um, I feel people remember a lot, remember me more as like a in my healing form. Let me remember where I was going with this. Hold on. Go ahead. Characteristics. And I was talking about security. I feel like for a long time, people could say things about me to me that would cause my ego to feel bruised, you know, feel insecure insecure is the word but as I've started to like address my own insecurities I have a lot more security within myself when people you know bring things up that used to make me you know triggered like comments about about my size and my body people telling me I'm too skinny and I'm flat as a board need to put you know I need to eat more food but like People could tell me that now. And first of all, I would think, well, your opinion about me is not my business. But the second thing is I've done my own work in coming to love my body at all of its sizes in my, you know, like most petite kind of slender, slender self where I know I need to, I do need to be eating more. I know it's a measure of like not the best health but I can still love my body in that and not feel ashamed in spite of people making comments on it because I've healed that part of myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that was like a little long winded and trying to explain, but no, I mean, I, I, I think that, I think it was needed cause you had to explain the, the context around it. Yeah. But I think security, I def- like having security around yourself. That's important. I feel like another thing too is like affectionate and not yeah. like, maybe not like, like affectionate, but like, kind of like checking in on people mm. like i feel like people who are like attentive yeah i feel like not always but i feel like that's a common characteristic of somebody who might have been who might have healed for something because they you know i, I know I, I know i've been especially like you know dealing with you know like low-grade depression and all stuff like that like i know i'm big on like checking in on people like let me just call somebody randomly hey how you been I haven't heard from you in a while or just text somebody that random message like hey you don't gotta respond but like just wanna let you know I'll think about you love you appreciate you mm. blah, blah blah like stuff like that not saying that I'm I'm healing but like you but know you're checking in <laughs> yeah but I, like I, I feel like people that I know who have healed from their stuff they were very attentive with me mm. see I think attentive is a nice alternative word to affectionate but mm-hmm. cause for some people like affection does not come easy but they can be very attentive mm-hmm. but I agree that whichever whichever you are i would say i'm more affectionate too because it's i'm not really checking in 
but I will hold space, mm-hmm. you know, and hug people who need a hug, yeah. you know, or, you know, cry with someone who needs a really good cry. Mm-hmm. That's where I can show my affection. And, you know, I forgot what the other word is. I just said attentiveness, mm-hmm. you know, so I would agree. We, we've got the characteristics of attentiveness, affectionate. We've got empathetic. Mm-hmm. and secure yeah i think it's pretty fair that's pretty but fair help you guys out as far as healed i mean like i said if you guys if there's anything you feel like we miss go ahead and let us know yeah tell us if you'd add anything to that list of characteristics yeah i think that'd be pretty dope mm-hmm. um so i did want to did you want to get into what's been going on in the news or do you want to kind of go touch on the good bad and the ugly Ooh. I know we had we left a little bit on the on the cutting room table last time, but I don't know if there's you know if you want to talk about what's been going on in a week because we got a couple things. Let's get into what's going on right now. Okay, which one? What, what's the most interesting to you right now? Yeah, there's a lot been going on. We've got the writer strike to talk about Kanye's recent outfit with his recent wife. Hmm, Bill Gates commencement speech. Let's start there. Oh, but I didn't have a chance to watch it. That's the only thing. Okay, it's okay. It but, wasn't like it wasn't long. Yeah, I it think wasn't it's okay. Let, but super yeah, meaty. let's talk about it for a little bit. Since you know, shout out to my students who just wrapped up spring twenty twenty three. I feel like this is a good. I know my students are also watching our podcast, um, and I feel like they could be inspired by some of the things he, uh, the word, the words of wisdom, wisdom that he left. Yeah, and I, I also. We'll put the resources links in the in the bio below so you guys can check it out because he I guess well, Bill Gates has like a blog called Gates Notes. Oh, and that that's where I got the commencement speech. You can like it wasn't a video, but you can actually read the transcript. OK, so I, ended up, I ended up reading it. And he gave five pieces of advice, you know, because he never graduated. So he said he thought about what advice would I give? Like, What advice would I had needed if I did graduate? Mm-hmm. You know, what was the commencement speech that I never get? I never got that I always needed. And so those are the five pieces of advice that he had. And the first one was, and I was going to run through them real quick. The first one was life isn't a one act play, you know, two, you're never too smart to be confused. Three, gravitate towards work that solves an important problem. Four, don't underestimate the power of friendship. And five, you're not a slacker if you cut yourself some slack. Um, and obviously there's depth to all those, but I, I thought I thought it was a really good commencement speech. I, speech, I would say read it. But, you know, shout out to Bill Gates, first of all, to like all the philanthropy work that he does. As bu- I'm pretty sure he's a busy man to still have the time to do stuff like this, like give commencement speeches and. You know, even acknowledge that, listen, I never even graduated, honestly, so I don't even know. Like, to be honest, be like, I don't know where y'all at right now. But this is, in my head, if I sit here and think about it, this is what I imagine. And I think, for me, the ones that stood out the most to me was the life isn't a one-act play. And I'll start with that one first, because he basically speaks about, like, imagine if he saw himself when he started Microsoft, that was that was it. Like, you know. Yeah, he, listen. Huh? I was just talking to one of my students about this today. Yeah, and I was saying, like, yeah, we saw that with Kobe, rest in peace. We saw that with Kobe Bryant, too. Like, imagine if Kobe Bryant only saw himself as Kobe Bryant, number eight, number 24 basketball mm-hmm. player. 
It's like, no, he he retired and what? Try to go to a film career? Like, there's there is different, you know, your life has different avenues and different acts. And for that to be his first one, that was like really dope to me because I'm, you know, sometimes I think to myself, kind of we talked about right now about the healing stuff like we have different journeys in our lives. Sometimes we can we can feel like, oh, this is where I this is who I am. It's like that's not always true. There's different versions of you. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna keep evolving. Yeah, that's you got to leave space to keep evolving. So I was talking to one of my students today, Elvis. Shout out Elvis. Um, we were talking about he just he recently got into Berkeley. Nice. And congratulations to him. Yeah. And you know one of the cool things about Elvis is how determined he is and clear minded he is about his goals mm-hmm. and what he wants to do. You know. Um, but in transferring, and this is the advice I give to a lot of my students, when you're an undergrad, I I'm like. Do not limit yourself to four to graduating in four years if you can help it. For one, give yourself plenty of time to f- figure out who you are. Yeah. Go back to the stuff you enjoyed doing as a kid. Instead of pursuing a career that your adult self has told you is going to make you money, because the reality is that it might make you money, but it's likely not going to bring you fulfillment if it's not truly aligned with who you actually are. Yeah. And in college, it's like you really are figuring out who you actually are. Yeah. There's only a small percentage of students who know that. And but even still, they're going to change and we're going to we're all going to change whether you're in school or not. So I I, I kind of I like to tell my students, like, if I could go back, I would have pursued certifications and things like yoga your yoga certification or massage therapy i would have worked at an art store and mm-hmm. learned how to teach art it's kind of like instead of just being so focused on getting this degree in four years and i know that i'm very much focusing on school and college but that's how i can resonate that's with your this, life yeah you know but i'm still pursuing these other acts if you will you know and i encourage my students to just kind of like you know, you're writing the script right now. You don't even have to like participate in the full play and production yet. Enjoy writing the script. Yeah, pretty much. You know, but um, anyway, I. Well, that's why I like I like how my my I got a friend named Chris and he always explains it. We both video game nerds. We always explain it in video game terms. He's like, he's like, yeah, bro. We all got side quests. You know, we got to do a couple side quests. You know. <laughs> What? Sorry. There's a tick. T- <laughs> no. Tick talk about that. About yeah, the quests. What? People. There's this TikTok about um, people who tend to have addictions. <laughs> Partic- I think it was. It was like a. I don't. You might need to cut this because I don't even know if this is cool. Because cool. addiction is real. Drugs are bad, and I don't mean to make fun of people struggling with addiction, but on TikTok. They're talking about how people who are on meth always have some sort of quest <laughs> that they're on. <laughs> I mean, and the quests get harder and more crazy <laughs> the more desperate they get. That's pretty funny, though. And people on the in the comments of that particular, I don't remember uh, the video 
like where it is at this point. I'm sure you, people can find it. But in the comments, people who had overcome addiction were like, as a former addict, I can attest, <laughs> we do have lots of quests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, so yeah, we do all have side quests, but sober or not. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Fresno, so I mean, I'm, I've definitely seen a lot of adventurers out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they definitely like they're on a mission. Yeah. But, but yeah, I was. That's how we always. That's how me and my friend Chris described it. Is we we know we all had different side quests. Like example, this for me, like. There was a point in time where my only goal was to buy a home. Like, that was it. Like, by yeah. any means necessary, like, it was just, if I had to work two jobs, if I had to work, you know, if I had to get certification, if I had to, whatever it takes to get a, buy a house, that was, like, that was, like, my North Star. That was what all it was. All it was. And I need to find her. I think her name was Sydney. 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 Shout out to her. Shout out to her. She's my real estate agent at the time. Or was going to be my real estate agent. remember talking to her about it. And oh, Sydney. Yeah, Bauer. Hmm. Last name Bauer. No, I was thinking. She, She's in Fresno. Oh, okay. No, I'm thinking of Sydney in Sacramento. Oh no, yeah, it's a, it's a lady named Sydney Bauer. Now I gotta look up her Bauer. last name so I give her a shout out. But keep going. Yeah, but yeah, we were talking, and she was just like, you know, I was explaining. I had to load my notebook, and I was like, like I came in there like man on a mission. Like it really was no other. Club. Sat down. Yeah, this is what I'm looking at. I know this is my this is probably my ideal budget, but I want to know you know how does my down my down uh, my my down payment affect this blah blah blah. I like, really got into it, and I remember she sat down. She's like, yeah, like you know you got it really all figured out. But I just want to ask you a question: like, can you see yourself working at Save Mart for at least fifteen more years? Because the time I was working at Save Mart, I was working part time at my family restaurant. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, you know, I gotta do what I gotta do. She's like, no, but like, can you see yourself working there for fifteen more years? Like, are you okay working there for 15 more years? I'm thinking myself, like, I'm 21. How old would I be in 15 years? And 36. Like, yeah, exactly. I was like, dang. I'll be 36 still at Save Mart? I said, that sounds trash. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, for me, I mean, I love For you, I, for you. I love Save Mart. Yeah. But I never saw myself as a career Save Mart employee. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm there till 36... I mean, it's hard to say. And I'm not a career employee. I've been there. That's a long tenure. I've been. I've been there longer than some people have been alive. That's choosing a grocery store career. Yeah, exactly. So, I remember mm. going home with that, and just sitting there, and I'm like, I was really like, she really blew my little brain. I was like, dang, bro, what have I been doing? <laughs> You're like, this is not life. Is not a one act play. Yeah. I yeah. Had, at that time, I had you know ten thousand dollars saved up, and I'm just like. What do I do with this money? Like, I remember really sitting there like, what do I do with this money? So I, you do what anybody would do. I'm going to ask Warren Buffett how to invest your first thousand dollars. I watched like many of those videos, but Warren Buffett was the one that stood out because I'm thinking like telling him, I'm thinking him going to say like, yeah, buy a real estate property or, you know, like put it in, you know, a Roth IRA. I'm thinking something like that along that lines. He goes... If I could start over and I had my first thousand dollars and I was in my twenties, I would invest in myself. And I was like, 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 like Kobe Bryant in that video. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> right. Cause investing you, in myself could be shoes. Yeah. Like, like what do you, what do you mean by that? And then he, you know, he went on further. Like, you know, kind of finding out what you love to do. Mm. You know, what, what are the things mm. that actually make you sing that would make it, that would make it, make it all be, make it all worth it at the end of the day. Like, and when he said that to me, 
that's when I just went and like traveled more, bought cameras. I got so many cameras on my shelf right now. And it's like bought cameras, you know, streamed. I did all these different things. And I'm so I'm like so blessed. Like to like what Bill Gates is. I'm so blessed that I didn't see myself as like a one stage play. Yeah, I didn't see myself as this guy who's gonna be a future homeowner and own real estate property and that was gonna be my future. You know, until I was forty basically. Like I'm now I'm in a space where like I know how to video edit. I know how to light a scene. I you know I, I know how to use cameras. I have multiple cameras. Like I'm very blessed in that way. And I'm I would say I'm more happier. I would like to say I'm happier now than I would have been if say I would have bought that house and be living in the house in Fresno and working at St. Martin. Like I doubt I'd be super duper happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so that that was just like how I felt about that. Yeah. Yeah, I um I feel like I spent a lot of my like early career in that life is a one act play, mm-hmm. you know, really pursuing like I for a long time was pursuing just making like a career that would make me good money. And then I found teaching and it was kind of like, I still want to make a lot of money, but I love this. But I still want some money. I still want some money. Like, you know, but the reality is like what I'm good at is teaching. I would love to make money off of doing tarot. I would love to make money making music with other people. But the reality is my skill set is teaching. Yeah. That's what I know how to do right now. And so that's the act that I'm in. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I'm not behind the scenes rehearsing yeah, all exactly. of my other skills and interests and also exploring them too. Exactly. You know? So yeah, I really like that wisdom and yeah, hopefully those listening maybe are also blessed by it too. Yeah. Is there anything is there any other ones you want to talk about or there was one. Um it was just because you're not a slacker if you cut yourself some slack. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's obvious post covid but you know i don't even think it's obvious post covid you don't i feel like people went right back to the grind after covid there is this i think there is this contention in society where there are some people who have that expectation for people to operate like we did before but there is still a i think a push against that in in that i don't think everybody wants to go back to that and so there's i do think kind of even in higher ed, I'll use I'll just use higher ed as an example. We have a, a growing trend of students, you know, of low enrollment, lower enrollment rates. And then we're also seeing a trend of attrition, high attrition of students not finishing classes. And, you know, I, f- I know students that I've had personally that, you know, took a step back or did or, or haven't hadn't been to class for a month felt like because of their slacking they couldn't come back yeah but i you know for me it's like if we have a conversation about what it is you're going through i'm not seeing you as a slacker sometimes you need to cut yourself some slack i had one student whose sister was you know going through some real mental health problems you know in terms of you know feeling happy and feeling like wanting to live and when students are experiencing real stuff like that, they should feel supported and cutting themselves some slack in some ways. Yeah. You know, not to shame themselves. Because there are a lot of students who gave up. There are a handful of students who gave up on themselves 
even after having conversations with me. And it was purely out of the shame they had for slacking. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I really like that just in terms of like, you know, coming to the end of the semester. If I got students from from this semester watching this episode, I want to encourage them to, you know, it's okay to cut yourself some slack. Well, I like the that's why I like the quote that he said in that, because he said, before you begin the next stage of your lives, take a moment and have some fun tonight, this weekend, the summer, whenever you deserve it. And like, that's the part for me, like, and like, it's a funny thing because like, I'm a hustle, I'm a hustle addict, honestly. Like if it's up to me, I mean, but I love what I do at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not also doing stuff that I'm like, I'm not hustling for work. Like I'm hustling like this. Like I said, after this, I'm gonna be going to LA and I got an interview in LA, you know, but I love like that. It gets me excited, you know, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't take a step back. Cause like you said, it doesn't matter when it is. Like if it's tonight or the summer, if it's just a weekend, like you should, like I said, last weekend I had to, I sat there was dreading. And I'm like, yeah, no, like I don't have to, I don't have to do this interview, especially if it's not, we're not confirming anything. Like I'm not going to, no, I'm not, no, I'm not I message him. Sorry. I'm not going to do it. No, respectfully. Like it's not like it was an issue. It's more like, you know, we don't got nothing set up. Like my mind's not in the best place. Like, nah, I'm just going to stay home. That's what I did. I stayed home, chill, walked around the apartment. You know what I'm saying? Drank yeah. water, some fruit, mm-hmm. you know, like. Took care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm like, I'm going to go grocery shopping. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. So I think, I think it is very important to not see those times of rest as slacking, but more just what they are. Like I'm cutting myself some slack. I've been doing a lot. And then this is all I have. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm not going to shame myself for that. Exactly. Um, actually, there was one more. It feels relevant to me, and it's don't underestimate the power of friendship. Okay. Briefly, I just want to say in my, I would say the most recent year, mm-hmm. la- since the beginning of this year, I've been evaluating friendships a lot more carefully. And I had a lot of friends in undergrad. I still have a good amount of friends, but in terms of like, the power of friendship can either build you up or perhaps, you know, keep you confined to the space people know you to be in. And I just, I, I guess for me, I'm starting to see some people who I thought were friends that aren't necessarily rooting for me. They're actually, they're not cheering for me. They're competing against me. Yeah. And so just in, in saying that, I feel like I was very naive in undergrad about how to identify who's really supportive of me versus who's competing against me. And so in that, I just want to encourage folks to, yeah, really value and treasure loyal friends, treasure the friends that are cheerleaders and have healthy competition. Um, I don't know, maybe there are some people out there who are willing to be accept less than what they deserve in some friendships, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know, I feel like most of, all the friends that I have at this time, I'm not talking about anybody in particular that are current friends, but, you know, just protect your circle, man. Just be, well, be I don't know, I don't mean to be preachy. Yeah, I don't mean to be preachy. Well, sorry, I, I, I feel what you're saying because like I'll I'll say like this. This is how I, you know, I remember I I can't remember where I saw that. I don't know if I saw it was on TikTok or real whatever. You know, whatever if it was a YouTube or whatever. But I remember hearing someone say, you know, 
basically like kind of saying i think it might have been a podcast talking about like why don't people work with their friends more often and some dude brought up a good point he's like well it's also hard to decipher who's really working with you and who's working against you and like that's the, like the most important thing because like obviously like you know we met and i was like I, like i said i told you i was nervous I'm like i want to ask you a new podcast but i'm like, like i don't want to be i don't know i, I just didn't want to be weird about it yeah but like you know yeah we were able to do that and it wasn't like a competing thing it wasn't like you know you know vanity metric thing like it was like like no nah, like let's you know you're at this position i'm in this position we've got the same love for this thing like why, why not try it and, and see what happens exactly and i feel like we don't do that enough but to be fair i feel like it's hard to tell when somebody if somebody really want to work with you and like grow with you or take advantage of you mm-hmm. agreed agreed and like you know because some people and, and it just happens that way i've had you know i've had people in my life that um and i'm i'm a willy i'm a very given person as far as information and things like that mm-hmm. i've had people i've gave them the free game and instead of like working together they just kind of ran off with it i recently i recently had that a similar experience well i don't know i don't know if you can call it free game but i recently applied to a full-time position at sierra college i don't know if i told you this i feel like i probably did but i applied to a position up there and you know it's natural that we're going to come across friends that are going to apply for the same position. Mm-hmm. But the conversation around if you're applying is where the friendship, you know, where, where, where I evaluate the friendship. So in this case, I had a friend who I wanted to know if they were applying because I felt like the position was definitely a good fit for her. I thought about it, though. I was like, but I want a full-time position. I don't know that I really want to tell her about this because I don't want to compete against her for one, but also I want this job. But I thought to myself, I was like, nah, the friendship is important to me and I would want her to have this. I know I'm, I feel positive that there might, there will be another opportunity in the next year or two. And I can wait for that because the friendship's that important to me. I thought about that. So I saw her before the application was due and I asked her, I was like, Hey, did you hear about this position? Are you going to be applying? She's like, no, I'm tired. You know, it's been um, a really tough semester. I'm still thinking about PhD. I, I'm honestly, I, I don't even have the time to complete the application. Cool. I feel like that's a green light for me. I'm like, okay, if she's not going to apply, I really want to work full time, especially at this school. I love working here. It's yeah. been growing pains to get to this place, but I would love to work here full time. Well, I roll up to my second interview. And I'm about to take a nap before before my interview. I got a good hour. And who do I see walking in to the building? The person who I thought was my friend, who I asked if they applied. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm not here to we, we didn't have to collaborate on preparing for them. But. I know that she had conversations with other colleagues, and for me, it's kind of like regardless of if it was on your mind or not for me my standard of friendship at this point is that you would have been considerate of it yeah because i was and if we're not operating on the same level of integrity then i have to be very a lot more conscious about how our friendship is working i'm not saying that the door is closed and locked but all i'm saying is 
I can't now trust that you are cheering for me. Yeah. Like I was cheering for you. You yeah, know, because you kind of did an underhanded move. Yeah, you and know, whether purpose, whether purposefully or, or not, not. You know. Yeah. So, don't underestimate the power of friendship. I, I, for me, it's a, a huge lesson in my life right now. I'm just making sense of who it is. I really, who's really my, who's really cheering for me. Yeah, yeah. You know. But anyway, pretty those good. are the, those are the ones that stood out to me. I, I'm gonna have to watch it though. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty neat, but. I want to go on to, you know, while we're talking about like the power of friendship and whatnot, I want to talk about, you know, I'm not from SAC, I'm from Fresno, but I guess there was a former mayor here, Kevin Johnson, and he recently did something pretty cool in the Sacramento area. I mean, shout out to all my Sacramentans. And he, he launched the National Black Brewers Association or the NBBA. Because I guess I found out, you know, shout out to um, OPB. Oak Park Brewing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess they were one of the, like, one of the first, like, black breweries. Like, one, I guess one of the first, for real, like, one of the first black-owned ones. Because they said Is it's black less owned than one. Because, did he, does he own it? No, um, I don't know the guy's name, but it's, no, I don't think he, I think he's part owner in it. Kevin Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. He's kind of like need, Daddy Warbucks in Oak Park. We gonna have to, we gonna have to, we gonna have to figure. We gonna have to get somebody to, to research information. We gotta get somebody in here to insert to research information because I don't know for sure yet. But if I remember reading correctly, I think he was part owner in it. If not, I know there's another guy who owns it because I follow him and I watch his live streams. But okay, oh yeah, it's like less than one percent of the craft brewers in the nation are black, and that the fact that it's less than one percent has blew my mind. So for like him, so like the the reason that he started this association, Kevin Johnson, was basically like to, to kind of give people the knowledge and like give people the resources to engage in new industry. You know, like we don't all have to go get our CDL. We don't all have to like you know we know these ones that make us a lot of money, but there's also equally amount of equal amount of money in craft brew, brewing and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a market for you because there's no one there, um, especially if you're a black person. So it was really dope to to see him give back in that way. Um, and I kind of just want to know, what, like, what's your thoughts on him, like, doing something like that? Um, I think it's great. I think, I mean, I like Kevin Johnson's work mostly. He's, he, like I said, he's kind of like the Daddy Warbucks of Oak Park. He owns so much of, I would say, the most influential parts of it. Mm -hmm. Like, where we hold the Ju Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. Celebration is right there. I would call it on Kevin Johnson Corner. Like, you know what I'm talking. You know what I mean. Old Soul. Um, um, uh, um, his mom owns Underground Bookstore. Um, and then you've got the Guild Theater. You've got. He also, I'm pretty sure, is part owner in Fixins. Mm -hmm. You know. And then, I'm sure he had something to do with Slim and Huskies coming in. And I know he lives in one of those townhouses down this he doesn't he might not live there but i know that i've seen him going into one of those houses over there. <laughs> yeah. i'm just like i know this is his corner this is his block and i can appreciate how he has elevated um black culture in oak park i love hearing this like i don't love hearing the statistic that less than one percent of black people take up craft brewers in the nation but i love to hear he's addressing that problem yeah so and creating opportunities because you know like yeah yeah, I never thought about that, but I like craft beer. I didn't think it was. A, I, I can never imagine like now there's an opportunity. Like if I if I have the means, 
I can go become like learn at least go learn the craft learn it. No, not the not the pun, but the craft of craft brewery. That's I don't need. I I think that's cool. I'm not a beer person myself. Yeah. But I do think it's very cool to have. I would love for us to expand the way we experience beer, and I feel like black people are the perfect culture <laughs> to help expand the way we ex- we taste it. Yeah. You know. Um. So I'm I'm excited to see how growing that percentage you know, affects the way we consume beer. And actually, you know, it makes sense because if you think about like prohibition, you think about like who really regulated alcohol back in the day, it wasn't us. Yeah. You know, so I love to see us reclaiming some power in that industry. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about just like people because I remember going back and this is a tangent, but I remember going back and it was, um, I don't know if it was Killer Mike or if it was, no, I think it was Dr. Umar. It was Dr. Umar. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about like, for us to have all these wealthy black people, black celebrities, for us to have like no infrastructures, you know, he's talking about like schools and grocery stores and things like that. Like, you know, we've seen the, you know, the Mexican supermarkets, we've seen the Indian supermarkets, you know. We've seen, you know, the banks specifically for certain certain kinds of people, but for black people, we don't have those different things, and we don't or we don't have places where we can give other groups of black people resources. Um, and I remember when he said that, it really that really did ring in my head for a long time. Cause I'm like, he's right. Like there really isn't no like, there's no place for us to get resources in in different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's not a black bank for us to go get loans for that will understand what we're trying to do, and you know not have prejudiced algorithms and whatnot yeah but so when i saw this this kind of like like kind of like you know melted my heart because i'm like i think it's so dope to be offering opportunities like like here's another opportunity for black people to get into something yeah yeah you willing to put the time in and and take 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 advantage of the resources yeah i love it i mean yeah we're definitely yeah there's a lot of resources that we need that are just now being created. Yeah. Like there's also, um, for example, Sack Black Biz. Mm-hmm. You've seen that before. Yeah, With a um, list of different black black businesses in Sacramento. I'm like that's one important resource, but there's like so many other lists we need, you know? Like I know I worked at uh, Sacramento, California Black Women's Health Project, and we have curated a list of resources related to black mental health yeah. in California. Where can you go to get help that's culturally relevant as a black person, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely a need. I, don't, I guess I don't mean to belabor your point, but what well, I, I just I, I think it is I think it's important to let people know that like we have to be real. There's not a lot of black resources and there's not a lot of people taking advantage of those resources. Like I did the interview with on my credit balance show, I did an interview with Des Washington and she talking about how the black chamber of commerce is like, there's a lot of free tools to teach people. Cause there's a lot of black business owners, but they don't know how to scale their business. They know how to start it and like maintain it, but they don't know how to take your restaurant from one restaurant to five. Yeah. But okay. That makes sense. But like, First of all, mm-hmm. um, we we like people who are interested in being a black entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know, 
be, just because of the name and the history, the like, Sacramento Black Chamber of Commerce, that I know that's a place I could go for business resources, but the name inherently does not tell me why. You know, so I think that there's just like a way that we're trying to operate in this system that doesn't necessarily always explicitly make clear what our where our resources what our resources do for us. Yeah, and that, that that's why they um, at least in Fresno they're big on community outreach. Because mm-hmm. like you said, I I didn't know what the Chamber of Commerce did. Because there's two, there's a Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. and the Black and Chamber, the Black of Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, and the Chamber usually the regular Chamber of Commerce is more like a network. It's like getting in touch. With, with people who are doing stuff which makes sense if you're already doing stuff but mm-hmm. black chamber the black chamber at least from what i was told is that they offer more resources of how you know might give you better you know better ways to to manage your money in a business you know what what this should be looking like you know um, i think they have a startup uh program also that you can apply for if you finish it you also get a certain amount of money like a grant after mm-hmm. completing the program and that's what they have a lot of grants and stuff like that mm-hmm. like, you know that the grants to you know get, get you a building in downtown and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i i think um yeah, it's important to take advantage of these opportunities because yeah. they're out they're out there and it's you know now i'll leave it on this because I remember there was a guy, I can't remember who it was, but he was a real estate agent. And I remember he said he worked on a project where he came to Fresno to help up black ownership in homes because they found out, like they did a poll or a census or whatever and found out a lot of black people are renting more than they are owning. Mm-hmm. So he was like, okay, like they created like this kind of like, um, whatever you would say, like they created this program that would help black people, you know, help give black people the means to own their own house you know whether that be knowledge or grants and things like that he said no one showed up where did they advertise well, I don't, that's I, my I, question I, that's, what, that's what i was saying like it's like where do they advertise but it's also the the idea that some people feel like they never would even like they feel like they don't even have they think there's like a minimum requirement mm. and some people won't even show up in that means so it's kind of like just like that's why I think stuff like this is so important because it's the barrier to entry is lo- is lower than we think. We always think it, not we, but like it's easy to think that the barrier to entry is is higher. It's, it's really not like compared comparative to what you're already doing. Just apply for the resource. Yeah, basically. So. Yeah, I yeah. would be curious too if anybody that is watching has like if any resources come to mind for them mm-hmm. because I mean I think of mental health resources. You think of uh, black. Um, Black business, Black Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm curious what other resources are out there that we're not talking about. So well, even like I remember when I was in when I was going applying to college, a lady, it was a story they gave where it was like a, a grant that was specifically for Black people. An Asian girl applied for it. She ended up getting it, and then kind of find out why she got it is because not very many Black people applied for it, and there was a bunch of extra money. I mean, I think they should have saved that and, and just put it towards the next year's scholarship if it's for black people, unless she was biracial. Yeah, but like, I, I, I remember hearing that story. That's but it, interesting. But it was just like it was like it's like to the story to the bigger issue that, and I've been there where I'm like, I'm not gonna apply for that. I'm pretty sure somebody already got it. It's like, well, we all got that. We can't all be be thinking like that. Not saying all black people think like that, but you know, it's easy for like you know even like sweepstakes. Like, I'm not gonna apply for sweepstakes. I'm not gonna win it. It's. It, I mean, I get it. Like, it, it's a lot of work for us to have to be able to like, 
you know, participate at the level of our white counterparts. Yeah, yeah. It's annoying that we have to do all that work to mm-hmm. get support. Mm-hmm. To do all this extra research and all this extra learning of where can we be supported? You know, where can we get funding? Where can we get knowledge? It's annoying that we even have to do that. But I understand that that's where we are. It's just I I would I would argue that part of the lack of engagement is because it's unfair to require all these hoops and jumps, you know, of a people who. weren't even at the same starting place of the race to begin with yeah but that's and not to make an excuse you know i i just yeah no i mean it's, it's no it, it's a fair point i mean i, I, I don't want to place it on black people for not applying to these scholarships oh, you know what i mean like, I wasn't, I wasn't we shouldn't like even have to we should be able to go to college for free because it's a reparation if we have ancestors that were part of yeah. you know the slave trade like uh-huh. their stuff we should be able to walk into small business or what's it called um um, the California, the Secretary of State, like we should be able to walk in there and get support trying to start a business just on the fact that like our ancestors, it. yeah, like what we, what our ancestors have done and what we are continuing to do. But um, I digress. You know, I'm getting a little passionate yeah. there. No, I mean, but, but, it's, but it's the truth, you know, it's like, and that's why I say like, I think it's important for people like Kevin Johnson to do what they do. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. there is... In, in something like, you know, if there's a general, you know, brewer association, I imagine it's there's not the same level of um, understanding mm-hmm. that there would be in a black, a black specific association, you know. And um, that, sorry. Go ahead. No, it makes me think of the, this study that I wrote in undergrad. Side tangent, but it does apply. Go ahead. So in undergrad, I wrote this um academic article about Greek letter organizations at that at the time I was experiencing a very interesting conflict I guess I guess you could say because I was in a multicultural organization Mm -hmm. multicultural foundations but then you've got historically black organizations divine nine and you've got historically white organizations IFC and or panhellenic and then there's us. And what I was looking at in my research was how does multiculturalism, you know, how can you do multiculturalism in organizations where the foundation was not about inclusion and multiculturalism? Mm-hmm. It was about being exclusive to the particular cultures that they serve. And particularly for Divine Nine, that was very important, you know? Um, but in saying in, in talking about this mm-hmm. study, there is a there is a connection. Hold on, sorry. Very good. Um Yeah, craft brewers. I think to myself, like, unless this unless the resources have a foundation of equity or equality for black people, it's not going to do that for yeah. us. So to think, like you said, a general brewers association is really going to help us. It's not, we need specific things for us. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't, you, if it's not in the DNA of an organization or a system, it's, you can't change the DNA. Yeah. Not at all. You know, you got to create a whole new human and hope that that DNA is going to be better. Yeah. Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That feels like a messy analogy, but 
that's the best thing I could think about this time. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. That's the, I thought it was, I, like I said, shout out to Kevin Johnson. And shout out to him. If you guys are looking into, if you guys are into craft brewing and ever thought about it, look into the NBBA. I think it's pretty cool. Oh, um, NBBA, even a better acronym too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, where are we at? I was going to say, is there one thing? What's one more thing you want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about. All right, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the choice. We have oh, Kanye good. transportation etiquette and we also have. Lil Wayne. I'll let you go. OK, well, let's talk about Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. OK. Lil Wayne leaving his show early. Did you so did you did you did you hear about that at all? I didn't. I've just read your notes about it. So Lil Wayne recently had a, a, a you know, his end of his tour was in L.A. So it's the end of a tour. He's in L.A. From from the comments of people who were there, they said he showed up late. Some people say three hours late. Some people say an hour and a half late. He showed up late. He gets there. He performs for 30 minutes. Let me make sure. Yeah, he performs for 30 minutes, and then after, after the performance for 30 minutes, he, he decides to take a break, and in the break, he brings out his smaller artists, so that's a little twist, you know, Alan Kubis, um, Young Money team, you know, people who aren't on the same level as, as Lil Wayne, mm-hmm. and I guess the crowd, what the crowd said was like, we didn't know the songs they was, they was playing, basically. Like that kind of wasn't, you know, it's hard to get hyped because we just don't know the music. We don't really, you know, we came for Lil Wayne. We didn't really come here for them. And Lil Wayne, I guess he got upset because he felt like it was a low energy crowd. So he came, he came outside. It was basically like, you know, we worked too hard for this. We not finna bend over backwards for y'all. The show's over and left. So obviously a lot of people were upset about it. And I kind of wanted to know, like, like this hearing that situation, like, what are your thoughts on all of it? I'm not mad at him. I, I'm not mad at him. Okay. Like, I've had classes where that's the energy that I get from my students, and I'm not doing it today. Yeah. If y'all want to take the day to be low energy and not bring what we need to have a good time, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. You know, let, go enjoy the rest of the day and, and take care of yourselves, because I'm not going to be on stage here performing for a low energy crowd yeah. when I need more. Mm-hmm. So I do respect the decision to step away, but I also, I find it interesting that there, I, I think the audience's reason is justified. Yeah. Like, and so with my students, I usually give us an opportunity to talk about what's going on here or try to evaluate before I react. And I feel like for him, that was just like a reaction. Obviously he's not going to be able to talk to thousands of people like, what's up? What's wrong with the energy y'all? No, you're not going to hear through thousands of people. We didn't know the words. So, you know, I feel like everybody being angry makes sense. And I'm not mad at him. But I would be salty to have paid for that. I do think that he does owe people a refund. But did they know those little, like the younger, like the other artists were going to be there or I mean, I, I would part say of the like, show? I would say like this. When I went to the Chris Brown concert, I didn't know any of the under people. Like I knew the I knew the people when I saw them, but I didn't know 
I didn't look into who who's going to be you know opening up for him. Like I, I'm like I'm mm, going for the Chris Brown concert. What? I'm going for the Chris Brown concert. I don't know who else is coming out. You know what? Now that you say that, I've been to plenty of concerts where I didn't know the opening <laughs> act. Yeah. But I still vibed. Yeah. So yeah, I like I said, I don't. I'm not mad at him. Yeah. I think that people need to start getting checked about that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if it's at concerts, but because I, I would be mad if I paid a ticket for a nice concert, especially an artist that I love. And but that's a tough part. Like, because the tough part for me is like, you know. It's it's hard to it's hard to explain it because I do know these artists, but I can imagine like this. I'm a big fan of OVO Sound, so I'm a fan of Party Next Door, Magic Jordan, Division. You know, like the people. You know, uh, what's his name? Um, Drake. Uh, well, yeah, Drake is the main guy, but there's there's one more guy. I'm, I'm forgetting. I don't want to uh, forget his name. Party Next Door. No. Uh, the Weekend. He's not uh, OVO, is he? Roy Woods. Shout oh, Roy okay. Woods. Okay. So like I know I know all of them and I I know I got songs of them that I enjoy and I actually check up on them. Okay. So I'm the outlier. Okay. But I can easily see somebody going to a Drake concert only liking Drake and might be might hear a Roy Woods or a party next door and be like this is not what I came here for. Mm, Drake would no mm, I went to a Drake concert and he yeah, he brought Migos and Sweetie. Well, I'm just saying I'm just saying like if cuz young like I said, one thing about Lil Wayne that I admire is he always would try to bring his artists in like Prop him up. That's what you know when he brought Nicki Minaj and, and uh, Drake out, mm-hmm. and Little Wayne went in Miami. He was only doing features, and that's something I do admire about him. But I'm mm-hmm. like, if you know, if Drake was like, I got a new artist, I'm trying to put y'all on to, and he brought them out while he's on a break. I'd support that. Yeah, I would support it, but like, I mean, like, it's one of those things where I can mm. I can see like I can see somebody who's I can see somebody who's like listening. Be like, this is not what I came here for, though. No, you know what? Now that I think about it, if I went to a concert and the artist took a break, I would be like, I don't think I've ever been to a concert where the artist took a break. Like, usually it's like their break is the the, the first part, first hour of a concert of openers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I said. They showed up late. He showed up late. And only played for 30 minutes. And then danced for 30 minutes before. He, but granted, he old. Dance for dance for thirty minutes. Well, he he's athletic, so I can't give him that. But you know, did his performance for thirty minutes. Decided to take a break. Have his guys came out, and I'm like, that's my thing too. Mm. If you was going for for me, if you're going to take a break, can I use ha- at least have like a heads up, a equal caliber artist? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Lil yeah. Wayne is goaded. So like if you know he he had two chains out perform with him. Like if two chains was out there after. I doubt that would have been an issue. Yeah, it's like if they would have been his openers. Yeah, exactly. They probably it probably would have gone. I don't know. Am I hearing this right? Where they they weren't his openers. No, they were just performing okay. during his thirty minute break. Yeah, yeah. I I don't blame the audience. I don't blame Wayne. You know. Yeah, like I I think he's justified in feeling the way he's feel, but I also feel like he was empathetic that bro, you were late. And I yeah, get it. yeah. I get it. Yeah. You know, you don't want. He's been. He's. Ooh. He's little Wayne. But yeah, it's like it's kind of tough because, like, as a fan, I'd be like, "Damn, Wayne!" Like, especially like if you're the fan, like you're like you're like you know, I can still get with Catch the Beat, even though I don't know the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I can't expect everybody to catch the beat though, because we already we already kind of like you know the energy's already been tilted. You already been late, 
we kind of already like, damn, where you at, Wayne? Come on, man. What's going on? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, finally he's here. And then you kind of barely built the crowd up with a 30-minute performance. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, I'll take a break. Huh? Uh-uh. And if you're late, I'm tired. <laughs> After a certain point, I'm tired at the concert. And yeah. I can only give you so much more energy. Not to mention you add alcohol. You add in drugs. It's like, listen. And then you give you give me... You give me artists I don't even know in the middle yeah. of the break to I'm going to sleep. Yeah. How can how do you want me to be how 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 do I maintain that excitement? Yeah, yeah. I ain't mad at the fans. No, I'm not I'm not Yeah, I, just, I get them. I just thought I've never been in a situation. I mean the closest situation I ever been to was that Kanye West canceled his his tour. Oh, what'd you think about that? I was heartbroken because he was going to come near me. Yeah. And I was gonna the first time I was ever gonna pay money to go to a Kanye West concert, and I'll never be able to go to a Kanye West concert now because of that. Unless he drops another one and I have some money in my pocket, but I'm not offended by it. I'm not offended by it, but like you know, it, he had a mental breakdown. I can't, I can't be mad at him. But like, dang, he took, he chose his health over me. How could you? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, that's how my students are sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but we were looking forward to class. But I needed a mental health day. Oh, yeah, like, like, yeah. <laughs> no, they're very supportive. Of him. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like in this situation, I just feel like. And I'm not an artist, so I take what I say with a very large grain of salt. Yeah. I don't I know there's a lot that goes into it. But I just feel like especially when you talk about business transaction, these people paid this amount of money, especially if you're a big artist, they paid a, a large a lot of money like a large amount of money to come see you. I feel like this is kind of in tangent with the Frank Ocean situation where he did what he did. There is an expectation for you to deliver. Cause I didn't pay the money for you like to not deliver it. And like, granted, people's expectations should be adjusted, but I don't feel like people should be left hanging. You know? If it's like, like, bro, you came out to, you, like, you know, I'm not, no disrespect, but like, you, you know, you had I Love McConan cover you while you was gone. Like, bro, I only know two songs by I Love McConan. Like, what you want me to do? You know, there's so many artists out right now, especially there's so many artists out right now that I don't, if I'm into my little indie crowd, like I don't know, I I, I don't know any of them other than Little Twist. Uh, yeah, I don't either. So it's like, and they start performing. It's like, what you want me to do? I'm I'm trying to listen to see if they're good, and if they're not good, it's like, what you want me I'm to? I'm not fake gonna it? pretend. Want me to fake it till I'm can not you a come pretender. Back? Yeah. Woo! Where's Wayne? Woo! Like you know. So I felt like yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm. I can't say if he's wrong or right because I'm not in his position. But I feel like the delivery should have been there. And I feel like you already messed up by being late and then you left early. I'm like, you kind of left people hanging. This live stream got canceled because he was late. And then, you know, we don't know the situation why he was late, but I yeah, just understand. I know his daughter had a recent home invasion. So, yeah, so, you know, who knows what's going on in the family. Yeah. But still, you're right. If you're a performer, and I again like whether that's a, an artist or even like an instructor, instructors have their own sense of performance. You know, you do have a responsibility to to fulfill your your requirements. And I think for artists like Lil Wayne, like canceling a show is like canceling the whole class not just one class for you to get your attitude together. So if you would have said before he went on break, hey, y'all, the energy's a little low. I need to see y'all show my people some love before I come back out here. 
I mean, not, yeah, I feel like Ari's done that. it before. Has, exactly. I don't know if he said that, but coming back to your point about delivery, I think that maybe if he said that, he might have got some of the love. And that's what I mean by how I address my students. Yeah. You know, I try to give them the space to clarify what it is I'm missing, but also hold them accountable to showing up too. Yeah. Because just because you paid for this class. Don't mean nothing to me. I mean, you're not entitled to getting this 1000% level performance every time if you're not giving that energy back. Yeah, like you want me to, like I said, you want me to always show up, but you got to show up too. Exactly. It's just, it's it's an exchange. This is not just a like, I'm giving to you. And I would say the same for artists. I, I don't think that concerts are just, I'm here to give to you. It is an exchange. But oftentimes, because people pay so much money for tickets, they treat it like that. Yeah, exactly. You that, know? that is true. I mean, we, we heard that about the Beyonce tours. Like, if I'm going to pay all this money for the Beyonce tour. It better be it better everything. Be worth it. And, what worth it means to one person is not worth it to the next person. Exactly. Exactly. So. So. Yeah. Well, guys, I think I think we're on our tails in. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Anything? Anything you want to? I don't know. I, I always say announce like a weirdo. Like, what are we announcing? Is there anything we want to announce? Well, actually, what I want to ask listeners if 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 they can if they care to comment. Yeah. If you guys made it this far, do us a favor: like, comment, subscribe. Um, and Ali has a question for you. Like I said, if you made this far, we got a question specifically for you. I do. And my question was about good, bad, and ugly. Okay. Because um, we proposed some topics last time. But I want to know from the audience, like, a topic they'd like us to respond to for good, bad, and ugly. If they can remember that um, game. We basically look at different topics and identify if it's good for society or black culture in particular bad for black culture or the ugliest part mm -hmm. right um so a couple of topics i just want to know if people have a preference of what they want to hear us respond to okay you know if that's cool yeah um the topics that we had left over include okay here he is oh 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 oh, oh. here you go so the topics we had were tabloid talk shows, mm -hmm. MTV2, Tyler Perry movies. We already talked about reality TV. I can't see that far. Black sitcoms. Ooh. Yeah, we got to do that. Celebrity couples. So we got a few of them. We're going to have to talk about these. At, we're going to talk about these at one point. Yeah, well, it's, we might it's not do a question. Every now and then we'll come back to a topic or two, but we want to know kind of what's the next topic you want us to kind of evaluate for good, bad, and ugly. Yeah, like what what, what are you guys feeling? Are you guys feeling celebrity couples, MTV two, black sitcoms, woke black social stars, tabloid talk shows? You know. Do you want to add a new category to the game for us? Go ahead. Let us know. It's your guys' world. We just live in it. But guys. <laughs> Again, this is the Special Friends Podcast. I'm your boy, Woozy. I'm Professor B. And thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys. See you next episode. Peace. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>